Hearts, welcome back to Corner's Corner. Today I am joined by the Cash Compass. Hey. <laughs> yes. Listen, I got introduced to her through Three the Chic Way. And I was just like, oh, I'm hooked. Her personality is super bubbly. Um, her videos on YouTube are informative. But they're short and to the point. Like, you don't have to sit there for endless amounts of hours just to get information at all. So, Crystal, I'm going to hand it off to you and you collaborate a little bit more with you, too. Yes, thank you. So, yes, my handle on YouTube is The Cash Compass, and it's basically adding financial direction to people's lives because I feel like, you know, as I've been going through this journey, I feel like I haven't been kind of taught the right way how to deal with money, which I don't think most people are, right? Because it's not taught in school. We don't have mandatory (laughs) financial literacy classes, but we do have to learn about photosynthesis and I don't even know what, and things I can't even remember. But we didn't learn anything about business, investing, proper saving and money management. So I think a lot of people don't really have the proper financial direction. So that was pretty much what motivated me to start my YouTube channel. And it's kind of crazy because I didn't even really know people were on YouTube talking about that because when I started watching YouTube, it was because I went natural and I was like, all right, how do I do a twist out? Like what products do I use? So I never even knew YouTube outside of the beauty world. So when I actually stumbled across people talking about money and real estate and investing, like I became addicted and I was watching it nonstop. But, you know, what I realized was you see a lot of, you know, white males on there, of course, mm-hmm. right? they're talking about their finances and kind of like how they built themselves from the ground up, but you don't really see women and you definitely don't see black women. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was some representation that was needed on there. Um, And when I did come across women, it was a lot of just like budgeting with cute planners and stickers and, you know, like, that's nice, but (laughs) what more can we do? You know, we can do much more than just put stickers in a page. So I wanted to, to give a little bit more to people and kind of show them that it's not only, you know, a certain demographic on YouTube or out here making money and doing the right thing financially. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I can relate to you on YouTube. Just like, um, I needed to know more about hair. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I ended up on air. Other than that, um, I was just like, yeah, now, unless I want to know about something specifically. So I will go in there. How do I connect this or, but finding you and you were not only a woman, but you were a black woman yes. talking about financial literacy. I was like, where has she been? Where? <laughs> I, I just want to know. But I'm so happy that, uh, that three to chic way actually had you on her blog and yes. introduced us to you. Definitely follow your YouTube. Um, I think I'm like two yeah. videos behind at most, <laughs> but like, I, I can't, like, I really, really like, keep up like oh, i'll just binge watch a bunch at a time oh thank you <laughs> you're welcome even if they don't relate to me i'm like in some way or shape and form sometime in life i'll need this information so yes, exactly. yeah yeah that's the thing it's like i try to make it relatable and entertaining because another thing is obviously money is a serious topic whatever but i'm not trying to put you to sleep this is not a bedtime mm-hmm. story you know it is to be educational and kind of finding that in between like how can i still get my point across 
but not bore people to death and get to the point because I just can't stand when people drag you through a 20 minute video for three minute worth of information. So tell me about it. Let's get to it. <laughs> like tell me about it. I, that's what and like so and part of that comes from just planning it, right? So I don't just turn the camera on and just start mouthing off. You know, I really think about okay, my outline, what am I gonna write in here? What do I think people actually care about, you know? And some of the information, like my ideas just come from my experiences of people who didn't know how to manage money or maybe just kind of talking about money. And I feel like, all right, there's a disconnect between like what we're told and what the actual truth is. So I hope that I do a good job kind of shedding light on real money management, because I think a lot of people are just lost when it comes to that. You've been doing very well so far. I I have to, I'll have to admit. And I feel like Um, when I find good information, I like to share, because what's the point of keeping good information to yourself? It makes sense. (laughs) So from the time I started following you to like, um, say if I haven't seen your videos in a long time because algorithm on Mm -hmm. Instagram and I go looking for your page, I see a bunch of people that I also follow that follow. I'm like, yay, I reached it. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for the shout outs because people do come because you are shouting me out, which is good because we're supposed to spread the information and it's free. So it's like, exactly. You have nothing to lose. I'm not selling anything to anybody. I am just on here. I'm not making money on YouTube, at least not yet. The plan is to monetize. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm not, yeah, I'm not monetized. I'm literally doing this because I enjoy it. I like helping people, I love answering questions. If I wasn't on YouTube, I would have still been on there somehow. So it's like, I might as well, you know, create my own content because I live on YouTube. So it made sense, you know? (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. So you spoke about the reason why you started sharing, you know, the financial literacy that you came upon, excuse me, (laughs) that you came upon. So, oh my gosh, is my daughter really going to keep doing this? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We should be done with that. But let me repeat myself so that I can go ahead and fix that. So we talked a little bit about the um financial literacy and how or why you started to share that. And you mentioned, you know, not being told about that in school and still now to where we are, like when we started in school. So now we're out of school, we have kids or we have like little ones and it's just like, it's still not being talked about. Exactly. You have to wonder if it's intentional or not, you know, and that's a whole different, I'm not that, trying to start no conspiracy no, but you, But you know what? I'm right there with you. I am <laughs> because, right there with you. I mean, how many, we've had money for, I don't know how many, I mean, decades, centuries, we've had money for so long and nobody nobody said you know what maybe we should teach them about this right i just i, just, I don't know so I, I i'm thankful that we live in a time where we can share information for free online in an engaging way because not a lot of people like to read books so it's cool that we can actually share it you know on the internet but yeah i do wonder why we don't learn that and even i i just feel like sometimes school is such like an outdated um like the way that we learn is just outdated in general you know i mean they've had the same kind of go to school get a good education go to college get a good job and i feel like not enough focus is put on do what you like to do find a way to monetize it don't just depend on somebody 
mm-hmm. think a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm starting my own business, you'll hear them say, oh, well, that's risky. I, like, well, what are you going to do if you don't make any money? But it's like, what are you going to do if your job doesn't make any money and they fire you? Everybody is working for a business. Everybody had an idea that turned into where you're working. So just because you know, maybe starting off, it will be risky, but you don't know what it can be. Amazon started the same way in in a garage somewhere. And Mm -hmm. now look, so you can't have those kind of limiting beliefs or listen to other people. And you have to really kind of find your independence out here because nothing is guaranteed. So it's really important to get your own knowledge, right? Don't depend on the school system because it's, it's flawed and it's, it's structured in a way that I feel like we're not getting the most that we can out of life, especially financially. So mm-hmm. not depending on a system to teach you, but to go out there and find that information for yourself, find a way to make it engaging and actually act on it. Because a lot of people could watch the videos, but not take action. Right. Right. So you know. with school and talking about financial literacy, um, let's rope in. Um, I've seen a lot. I've, I, I kind of adjusted what I see on my Instagram feed because I want to see more moms who yes. save money, more people who are just more conscious of the way they spend their money, right. monitor their spending. And some of the things that I see, and I always go, but how can a mom do that? Like, how, how do right. I, I, my mother, I can't save $5,000 in, in one month or so. Like, it's like, yeah. and I'm like, that's not feasible for me to do. Right, right. So um, as a mom, how would you say you could relate savings to just, that's like, I could be being a mom, but being a parent, how could you, how do you balance the two? Oh, let me tell you, first of all, parenting just kind of slaps you right in the face. I know people will tell you, I remember when I was pregnant and people would tell you like, oh, you know, it's a beautiful experience, but it's so much work. And I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, like I get it. But no, I mean, everything they said was true. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They wasn't sugarcoating. They wasn't, I mean, it's so much work. And I mean, especially on your pockets. Mm. When my daughter was born, she actually had a heart condition. So she had like a hole in her heart. Mm-hmm. which at first they told me, you know, oh, don't worry about it. Like people get old and they still have the hole, but they're to- totally fine. So mm-hmm. cool. Granted, fine. Next thing I know, three months later, they're like, oh, she actually needs a surgery. <gasps> so yeah. So three months old, she had to do an open heart surgery. Mind you, I had insurance and it was still over $10,000. When I got the bill, I nearly fell out. Okay. Oh so, my word. Yes. All right. Now, you know, I was drinking, but anyways, that's another story. So that was, you know, very, very tough, especially because I, at the time and still right now, I'm pretty much the the only person um, taking care of her financially. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I did not expect. I know they said kids were expensive, but you don't, you really don't know what you're going to get. So I was not expecting that. So obviously savings just kind of evaporated. So it was definitely hard to manage because it's, it's a balancing act. Your, your whole life gets turned around when you have a kid, not only financially, but just you really lose a lot and not in a bad way. Obviously it's a blessing, but it's just things really do shift and you know, you're taking care of a life. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, a lot of it just goes back down to discipline mm-hmm. and really kind of figuring out what do you think is important and what your goals are and keeping that in the forefront of your mind. So 
and I've, I've always kind of been like this, but having a kid makes you more strict about your finances, or at least for me. So the way to maintain, to, to kind of keep that balance is to actually really maintain your budget. It's not something like you say, all right, you know what, I'm only going to spend $100 on eating out. It's like, all right, here's week one, let me track it. Week two, I mean, you have to constantly do it. I look at my budget, I would say maybe two to three times a week sometimes, especially really? if I had like a little crazy weekend, you know, I have to check because out of sight, out of mind. It's so easy to say, you know what, I'm not even going to look at this card, this statement. I'm going to just keep on swiping and just kind of go with the flow. But then when you do that, that's exactly when you, when you start to lose your financial footing. So when I got that bill, you know, my goal was to get that paid off because obviously medical bills really hurt a lot of Americans. Medical, I don't even, that's a whole different topic for another podcast, girl. But okay, we'll come back to that. But, you know, medical bills can really, really hurt you. So I just took my time and really sat down and came up with a budget. And I was strict. I used to spend over $100 in Starbucks. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense, okay? Especially for somebody who just had a kid and I'm the only person taking care of her financially. So that had to go. Mm -hmm. And I just cut and cut and cut. But I think a lot of people focus on the budgeting part, but not about making more money. At a certain point, how much more can you cut? You're not going to eat, right? No, you, I mean, you have to eat. So you, there's, there's only a certain amount of money that you can actually cut before you've really reached your end. And if you have a savings goal to save more money, that means you have to make more money and maintain that same lifestyle. So that's where I was. I, when I had her, I was making around like 60000 So mm-hmm. obviously, if it's just me, just her, I had $10,000 plus of medical bills so something had to shake. I mean, that wasn't going to work anymore. I can cut my bills, but how much more can I save? I can't save anything. So it was really about making more money and maintaining the same lifestyle. So um, now I make six figures, but I still have the same car I had in college. So I maintain my same lifestyle. I've, I've had this, I have a 2012 Toyota Corolla. All right. Most people, when they start making more money, they buy a new car. Could I have bought a new car years ago? Yeah, of course. But then I would have thousands of dollars of debt and who wants that you know my goals were different like I I realized that that was more of a vanity thing and yes you know sometimes I feel like damn I really want something new like you know my car is like busted and everybody else has a nice car but I have to remind myself it's not about what they have and what and what I look like to other people it's about how I feel about myself and what goals I'm achieving so kind of back to the question it's about just keeping a balance between making more but not falling victim to lifestyle creep, which is like, once you make more, you just keep on spending more and you feel like, well, now you have some sort of image to upkeep or now you can afford to treat yourself more, but no, you have to just be disciplined. It doesn't matter at what, you know, what your tax bracket is, just remain, like remain humble and keep a, a cool lifestyle, you know? Yeah, that, that happens a lot to me. I, okay. I, I started a whole budget and I actually, I did pretty good because I just took account of how much money I was actually spending. Yes. And I think when you budget, the first thing you do is you realize how, I, I say trash, yeah. how much trash <laughs> spending you do. Yeah. And it's just like, like I literally, I literally looked, I, I spent more money eating out than I did for groceries. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That's, that's the, I think that's the worst thing. Like, I guess everybody, for me, it was eating out and it was shopping mm-hmm. and I felt like I never had clothes. So I don't know how that happened, but 
for, that's what men said, child. They said I was spending a lot of money on clothing and food. So, you know, that puts things into perspective. Like, I never knew that I was spending that much money at Starbucks because I just figured, you know, whatever, $5 here and there. Oh, yes. But mm, $5 added up, honey. As a, hard, as a huge Starbucks head, trust me, I can relate. <laughs> I, I know. I, I cut back from, it used to be $80 about two years ago. It was $80 every mm-hmm. month. I cut it back to about 70 or 65 and just uh-huh. recently i cut back to hmm, way way less because somebody else has been funding my starbucks habit yes oh! <laughs> right so find you a sponsor that's the other step <laughs> so there's that i don't have to worry about funding my own starbucks drinks <laughs> exactly like you know so i i still have starbucks because i think it's important for me and you don't want to deprive yourself i think when you start getting to the point where you're like not enjoying certain things that you really do enjoy then it becomes counterproductive because then you feel mm-hmm. like you're depriving yourself and then you might go on a binge and just start going nuts so yes. and then the money still, just goes everywhere right exactly so it's like still give yourself the things that you enjoy but it's just all about moderation so whereas i was going to starbucks what felt like every single day now i only go maybe twice a month which is kind of hard because sometimes I don't feel like making coffee at home but I could buy a bag of coffee for $10 and that bag of coffee lasts me I don't even know how long like it's weeks though and that wouldn't even last me two days at Starbucks so it's just kind of you know substituting more economical things and then you know you could ball out here and there sprinkle it in just don't get carried away got it got it okay so it, it it does it is doable you just have to yes. budget and know where you're starting from to keep going. Like you can't just, I'm going to start now. Like you got to actually pick a start point, figure out what you're going to do and then move in those steps that you're actually going to take. Yes. Don't wait for next month, next week. People always want like a cute little start date. Oh, like, all right. Monday. I'm going to do it Monday. Why? <laughs> yes. But like, why? It makes, if you want to do it, do it right now. There is no sense of waiting to a new year or waiting for the new month or like just, it's a new you right now. There's no need to wait and delay because once you do that, then it, it just tumbles. And I'm guilty of doing that too when it comes to like, maybe not things with money. When it comes to me eating, right? I'm like, all right, all right. I'm not going to eat no sweets Monday, but then that turns into Tuesday. Next thing you know, it's a whole new year that already just flew by. Right, right. So you got to start immediately and you got to take action consistently because it's really momentum over motivation. So it's really easy to go on YouTube or go on Instagram and feel all inspired because you're like, oh, this is oh, good. Please, like, oh, not even gonna talk not- about that. <laughs> <laughs> you see a little quote, you watch a little, you know, a little snippet and you're like, yes, yes, this makes sense. And then you go right back to your old lifestyle. So it's really about the momentum. Like how often are you going to keep on watching your budget? How often are you going to make sure you're getting raises at your job, getting in, like increasing your wealth, whether it's getting more money at your job or finding a side hustle or whatever you can think of to make more money. I mean, that's something you have to be committed to. Girl, why are you up? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is like, listen, she welcome to having kids and having a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Cameron, it's time for you to go to bed. Yeah. You, oh, no. Now you see, you have to edit that. Girl, this little two-year-old, she act like she's 12. All right, you don't say anything. You can say it, but don't say anything, okay? 
That is sorry. But Ooh, I see. I gotta act. I'm trying to act real professional because no. she would have been got papa. But anyways, oh, I'm sure they hear enough things in the background of when I record, so it's fine. <laughs> I asked yes. a poll today on Instagram and I asked, how are your savings goals coming along? I saw that. 7% said right on track. 43% said I'll start soon. Mm. See, we were just talking about that. It was soon. Exactly. It be, exactly. Why not now? It's soon. <laughs> you need to actually put that into action. Right. Put, set those steps. Like I did that for, I, want, I think I started in January, but I put the plan into motion in December exactly so i started looking at my spending i was looking for online accounts to save money yeah like you know how at the end of the year they have all those plans that come out save a dollar yes. a day or whatever it is <laughs> all and these savings like, goals mm-hmm. right. challenge. I, listen i said i need something that's feasible for me that yes. i don't feel overwhelmed with and i know that i can achieve right and, and i keep up with yes i mm. found one and like it's for, for me, myself, it works easy because I just set the deposits for the days I get paid and the money is swiped out as soon right. as that money is dropped into my account. Exactly. You don't have to see anything and get tempted for nothing. That's my favorite exactly. thing Exactly. Once too. it's gone, I'm like, well, there's that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I think it takes a lot. And I mean, obviously, I feel like I've gotten much better, but that's not something that's easy. I still struggle with like, damn, I really want some new shoes. I really want to just treat myself. So having the money as far away from me as possible mm-hmm. is like such a help. So automatic transfers and I actually have it transferred to my credit union because my credit union is a little bit old school. So if I want to pull money out of there, I have to actually go to the credit union and get it. Nobody Hold on. Hold on, I'm sorry. Huh? I know she I know, but I'm in the middle of a podcast. It's okay. I told you. Thank you. Oh gosh, this child. All right. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> that'll probably be the last interruption. But Yeah. So I I make it hard for myself to go get that money. So it's just really about kind of creating boundaries because if you have your savings easily connected to your checking, then it's nothing to do a a quick little transfer, you know? And that's nothing. No. And I'm guilty of that. That's what I used to do. So it's not like I'm, I'm not speaking from like a holier than thou, like this was me, you know, everybody can grow, everybody can change. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just what I had to do you know so so you, you kind of did mix it in which is awesome but if you had to give at least three tips for a parent when it comes to saving what would be your three tips okay so um it's kind of like two parts so i kind of want to touch on like the debt piece for a little bit because i do want to say if you are somebody who has debt especially credit card debt then you're doing yourself a disservice by saving. And that sounds backwards. But I'm glad you said it. I'm glad yes, you said it though. It had to be said. It had to be said. Because if you have credit card debt, that is, I mean, at a minimum, I haven't, unless you're in a credit union, but even then, we're looking at double digits interest payments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas your savings, you're literally getting pennies for your money. Okay, especially with the big banks, you're not even getting a 1%, you're getting a fraction of a percentage. So I think number one, what's important is just having some emergency money and whatever emergency money means to you. I think sometimes what I'll see is, oh, have a thousand dollars or, oh, you should have three to six months of your savings. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, kind of assess what emergencies you've had in the past and how much did those cost you? 
and then you can work at least towards that goal. So for me, I've never had anything that came up that cost me more than a thousand dollars. So when working on paying off debt, it was okay. Well, I need to have at least a thousand in case something comes up. I won't feel like I don't have any money to take care of that. And then just aggressively pay towards credit card debt. So part of savings is you're actually, it, it sounds like in a roundabout way, but you are saving money by paying down your debt because you're saving interest. So I would say, make sure you're paying your debt first. Then I would say, um, again, like I mentioned, make sure you automate it and make it hard to access. So uh, going back to the credit union example, my credit union is very old school, so it's hard to get to that money. So make it, you know, a little bit hard for you. Don't put it in a place that's easily accessible. And then um, kind of get creative with savings. And this is kind of going more into the economic thing. So I don't know if um, people are ready for this conversation, but if you think about saving, all people say, okay, I want to keep my money in a bank, but what happens with banks is that, you know, you're not getting a lot of interest and then inflation, which, you know, what the government says their target is 2%. So if you're only getting paid, let's say 1% or 0.1% and then inflation is 2%, you're actually losing money keeping it in the savings. So you're not saving anything. So think about actually making your money go to work for you. Or think about maybe investing in precious metals, which I don't think people talk about enough. But if you look at charts, I'm not going to get so technical on, on the podcast. Well, we're going to have to have a whole other discussion for this. I yes, think. a this whole like, separate. <laughs> yes. But if you look at two different charts, right? One being the U.S. dollar and one being gold. The U.S. dollar's purchasing power has gone down to the ground. I mean, we have 97% less of purchasing power. So I know people remember, like with me, I was born in the 90s. When I used to go to the corner stores, I can get a, a, a thing of water for 25 cents. I can get a 25 cent bag of chips. Now, I would not, you don't really see that anymore. Nope. You know? dollar not even going that far. Right, exactly. And that's because, that's not because things are getting expensive, but it's because your dollar is becoming worthless. Mm-hmm. So if you keep your, all your life savings in something that's losing its value, you are not saving. You're doing the opposite of that. So oh, wow. that's probably the most important thing. Really think about making your money go to work for you. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So we not, I don't want to, I feel like we're going to dive into this, but I don't want to dive into it. <laughs> so instead of putting your money into maybe an online high yield savings account, you would say to invest in maybe like precious metal. Yes. So, and I know it sounds crazy. People so, think. No, it's not. I just read a book called red to the bone uh-huh. and in the book the the, the person who was telling it is saying how you know the grandmother and the person before that they hid gold you know bricks is it is it, is it uh-huh. in underneath the stairs in their oh, house yes and one day a fire came and you know they ran to the stairs got it out and ended up buying up before Brooklyn was what it is now. Uh-huh. They went and brought a brownstone. Yep. And when they when the family had moved in, you know, everybody had grew up and was moving on. Before they moved the last thing out of their house, the mother opened up the staircase and pulled out more. I said, Whoa. Yes. Wait a minute. What is happening? Am I missing something? What? Yes. See, that's actually a really good example of two um physical assets. 
So when you think about investing, I think everybody's mind automatically goes to stocks and bonds and mutual mm-hmm. funds and all these paper assets, intangible assets. You can't do anything with them. You literally can't even see them, right? They're just like numbers on a screen. But that example in that book, they had two physical assets. So one is the gold, right? That's actual, that you can touch it, it's tangible. Gold has never gone to zero. All fiat currencies, which is the US dollar, fiat means it's based on faith. So all dollar currencies have gone to zero. That is a fact you can look it up. So every single currency, every single monetary policy that the governments are trying to make with dollars has gone to zero. And eventually, you know, the U.S. will get there. I mean, it's just a matter of time. I don't want to scare anybody, but that's just a fact. So when you have physical assets like gold and silver, they'll never go to zero because people have to work to get those that metals out of the ground, right? So mm-hmm. as long as you feel like you're going to work for money, those things are never going to go to zero. So I'm not going to go dig up gold out of the ground and give it to somebody for free. But for them to actually print money, is it costs nothing for them because it's all di- digital nowadays. So that's worthless. It's worth the paper it's printed on. Mm-hmm. So physical assets are actually protecting your wealth. Gold and silver have only gone up. If you do a study, or I actually looked at a study that was saying the price of silver back in like the 80s could have gotten you like, I think it was like 13 burgers. And that same thing can still get the same... Um, one ounce of silver can still get you the same amount of burgers because that has actually protected your purchasing price, your purchasing power, excuse me. So when you have silver, when you have gold, your money moves with inflation. When you have dollars, it works against you. Mm. Well, we're going we gonna to talk more after this podcast about this. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, wait a minute now, because I can just pull my money out and put it somewhere where I know it's going to be worth something. <laughs> exactly. No, so I, that's, I mean, people will say, oh, keep 10% in precious metals, but I would say you can keep more than that because, like I said, it, it should only be, and obviously there's going to be ups and downs. That's just kind of the natural flow of things, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's, a, it's a trend upwards. And the other part of what you were mentioning in that book was real estate. That's another physical asset. People are always going to need somewhere to live people don't always need a stock, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're owning something that people are going to need, you have the upper hand and you're going to always be able to rent it out or maybe sell it or something like that to actually put money in your pocket. Very true. Right. Hmm. All right. (laughs) So just recently, um, and I actually watched, you have a video on this um, talking about... um, you know, how you wanted to get paid more for what you were doing and you took the proper steps. I'm not going to tell y'all because I'm going to make y'all go watch the video on YouTube. Yes. Okay? <laughs> but you took the proper steps to actually achieve that. And the steps you took, I, I watched the video, I actually took notes. And recently, I actually took some of that advice oh, okay. with someone else that I actually met on Instagram. And I put that into play in my life and it worked. Yes, I love a success story. <laughs> it works. So amongst my team, um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of women and mostly women of color. Um, what we were talking about was how to achieve our worth, where we are, when is it time to walk away? Yeah. Um, just money because some of us feel like men get paid more, but when we sit back and look at it, it's like do they pay more because they have more or is it just the like a gender gap 
Yes. So it's a lot of different things going on there. But what would be your best advice for women in a work field seeking to really like step their coins up? Yeah. So let me say this. Men, I forgot what the exact statistic was, but men are more likely to go for jobs that they aren't even qualified for. Shut up. And yes, which is, and you know what the crazy thing about that is? When I saw that statistic, I was like, damn, I'm a part of that. Because I, when I was looking for jobs, I only applied for jobs I'm, I'm qualified for. I never even thought to apply for a job that I was not qualified for, but men do that all the time. And they do it way more than women. Yes, so they're just more aggressive, which, you know, even in life outside of finances, they are the ones who normally court women. So they're normally the ones that are taking those first steps. And I guess they're less afraid of rejection. I don't know. They have to practice all the time. So they're used to having to get turned down, I guess, you know? Um, So men are more likely to go for jobs they aren't qualified for. So I think a part of it is just us being assertive and everything is negotiable. So my dad is, uh, I don't want to put his business out there, but he's the kind of person that's always looking for jobs and he's always negotiating. And I think that's something I learned from him because I've always been able to step into a job and get the income that I wanted because I negotiated it. So don't take what they're giving you. Just, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to ask if you go in there and I'm talking about people who are interviewing. Well, I'm going to also discuss like if you already have a job, mm-hmm. but when you're interviewing, obviously you have to kill it. You have to come with questions and you have to be prepared because then you will become very attractive to them. They're going to want you. And then you have the upper hand when it comes to negotiations. So I already, I always go into interviews knowing that I'm going to just kill it. And I'm not sure how it works in different industries, but in the financial industry, they normally ask you what you're looking for. And I always tell them 5,000 more that I'm looking for because then we can work our way down to what I actually want. Um, so, and I do that all the time and it has always worked. And, you know, or they'll ask me what am I making now? And I always add 5k on there because I am, I, you have, and I'm not lying. I'm just, I'm factoring other things in. they, maybe they pay for my health insurance. Maybe I'm going to be drive. I drive, it's less of a commute. So I factor in all those things that I'm negotiating. And I think that that's something that we can do as women more. And then also once you're already in your job, for me, if I don't get a promotion within two years and that's being very generous, I'm out of there. Um, because I go in there knowing that number one, I have a goal, which is to retire early. I have no intentions on retiring when I'm 60. That's kind of ghetto. I want to retire when I'm young and vibrant and having a life that I, that I want to actually live and, you know, kind of take care of my kids and be really active in their lives. I'm speaking in plural because I want another one. So we're going to see, but you know, I, I want to be that parent that's there doing everything. So a part of that is making more money quicker. So I think back in the day, you know, like my mom and my, my older aunts, like they would stay at a job forever, you know, and just kind of be content. But I think the minute that, you know, you, you've tried, you want to make more money, but you aren't, then you have to go because that's the only way I was able to increase my income by 30,000 in eight months is because I understood that Mm -hmm. and I didn't settle for less. So when it comes to asking for more money, you have to actually do the work, right? So I wasn't on Instagram all day and then you know, a year later with my handout. Um, I constantly did a lot of work and I also documented it because, you know, you kind of forget things that you do. So things that were not in my job description, I write that down. I'm sorry. I keep the receipts. And Mm -hmm. then- And even if you do them, you're like, yeah, but I did it anyway. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, keep a track record of what you do and what you've accomplished. And then it depends on certain jobs. They actually have a more structured um, system where you have evaluations 
But if they don't have that, then go and ask for one. I think that's the easiest way to kind of ease into the money talk. You don't want to just come out of nowhere and asking for money. You want to kind of ask, okay, well, you know, how am I doing here? How's my, my work been? Is there any way for me to improve? And then that's when I kind of open the conversation and say what I want. When I've asked for more money, it was always through promotions. So I haven't really asked for a raise without also wanting a better title. Um, so, but I would think it kind of works the same where you just kind of list out what you've been doing and ask what's the room for growth? How can I earn more money here? And if they're acting crazy and they're like, ah, oh, well, we got to see, then you have to look for another job. So one time I actually did this and I, I wanted more money or I wanted a promotion and they were basically kind of like, well, you know, we have to see, we normally promote people around this time, you know, a, a bunch of things that I didn't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked for another job. And once I got the other job, I put my two weeks in and they counter offered and they gave me my promotion that I wanted and they moved me closer to my home. So you have to know what you're worth and you have to stick by that and be willing to get up and leave your comfort zone to go look for what you want because I wasn't getting what I wanted. So I was prepared to leave. They happened to counter offer. So that worked out because I didn't really want to leave, but you have to do what you got to do to make yes. more money. Sometimes you, that's like, you know what? And that's literally what I did. I was just like, yeah, when it came time, so when it came time for like raises and they gave my raise and I was like, okay, then I went to the calculations. I was like, "Er, skirt, wait a minute. Nope. No, no. Something is going to work. No, I I do way more outside my job function. This is not okay. I let it sit for a while. Let it think for a while. And I was like, nah, it's time to do something. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's time to do something. You're you're amazing at what you do and you came in not even doing the work that you're doing right exactly (laughs) so I went and I looked for a job and I was like in second round of the other job moving towards the third good and my boss was like hey we we need to talk we need to talk yeah yeah we do (laughs) yeah well now we're talking (laughs) and I mean it worked out because the other job was um it was quite far from where I live uh-huh. the money was just right it was, it was just right. right right but the distance to where I currently work oh it's amazing it's like a saving grace yes yes so exactly. I was like and I love the culture the atmosphere so I was like I would prefer to stay but you guys gotta come up with something right exactly and you know of course companies are gonna get away with they will we'll try to get away with what they can get away with obviously if you're not looking for more money, why would they give you more money? It's a business. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make money. So I do understand where you're coming from, but they got to understand where I'm coming from too. Right. So, right. You know, you and have it's to about doing that. your job. Two people think, oh, I come to work, so I deserve a raise. Uh, yeah. No. That's not how it works. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Sure you're a team player. Your team actually likes you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it's like, those are your coworkers. And at the end of the day, if your boss goes to them and goes, hey, 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 what do you think about Crystal staying? What do you think about Kwana staying? Mm-hmm. And they vouch for you? That's you don't need any references those are your references right right there. exactly she can't go <laughs> right exactly it's about being an asset to the company right you can't just be there actually pulling the team back you don't do a lot of work they have to kind of constantly be behind you so you know that's why i think asking for feedback is important too because a lot of times we lack self-awareness and there might be something that, that we're doing wrong that they might not tell you if you don't go out there and ask for it so i'm really big on asking for feedback because i know that it's going to translate into more money and a better position and more exposure, you know, because I try to get the most I can get out of any job because I want to just make more so I can put that into my own 
businesses so I can get up out of here. Right. Right. Exactly. I just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. They didn't match. They didn't completely match what I was getting. They came about maybe five less, but it was okay. more than I was making. And I was like, baby, right. <laughs> Right, exactly. And then, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not all about money, right? So you said your commute would have been further. So maybe that's worth the peace of mind, the better commute and the environment you was in. You can, that's coming in the middle. So, you know, it's a win-win. Exactly. I'm, I'm just happy all Good around. Girl, congratulations. Because <laughs> that feels so good and get a little extra money. So, because I know for me, for sure, especially with my daughter and having to pay all these extra expenses I didn't expect, any extra money was all love. Like I just, I was very excited. <laughs> Listen, when we get more money as a parent, we be like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank yes. you. <laughs> and I'm not at that stage yet because she's just two. So, you know, she ain't asking for anything yet, but I know I'll get to that stage where she wants new this, new that, and I have to teach her the importance of budgeting don't, and money. Don't rush it. I'm telling you, don't. <laughs> I'm at these kids. Do you have a job I don't know about? Right. <laughs> Yeah, but, oh, like, you have a lot of money. That's how you acting, right? Money tree somewhere back there? <laughs> God, if that has to be it, because nothing else will make sense. Right, right. <laughs> but before I let you go tonight, I did want to touch uh-huh. on credit cards and how to properly use credit cards. Um, I've recently been trying to, my, my credit card bills are not high. I'll be, I'll be very honest and transparent. I think my credit cards like a thousand dollars like that oh that's nothing yeah <laughs> that's, that's currently where I am and I'm just like okay cool beans that's awesome but my thing is um I'm trying to figure out how to make my credit cards work for me so right. that I could get the most benefit out of them so when it comes to credit cards what's the proper way to use a credit card all right. So again, this sounds counterintuitive, but please don't use a credit card. If, if you already see yourself overdrafting on your, on the money you actually do have, don't spend money you don't have. Mm-hmm. So if you are getting bank fees, late fees, your phone getting cut off, your cable getting cut off, you're not ready for a credit card because you are going to abuse that too. If you're abusing the money you, that's yours, you're going to abuse money that's not yours because people tend to think, oh yeah, it's like, it's, it's an extension of my money, but it's not, it's someone else's money. So you're going to get too comfortable and end up in, you know, the debt prison. So don't use it if you have those problems. You have to kind of work on managing the money that you do have to make credit cards work for you properly. Now, personally, I put everything on my credit cards and I have it auto pay to come out um, out of my account. And what I like about that is that if you find certain cards have cash back, they give you points. There's travel cards. So I love to travel. So I like the cards that have the points and the cash back. A lot of cards have like these rotating um, categories too. So it's just kind of like seeing what your cards are offering and then really taking full advantage of it. If you use your credit card properly, you can get one to two, sometimes even 5% cash back, which is kind of a savings, right? If you're buying things that you actually need. So don't use the credit card to go buy them Chanel, anything, Gucci, mm mm-mm. Buy your groceries. Buy life. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, girl. <laughs> but buy things that you actually need, and that's the best way to reap your benefits. Because, like I mentioned earlier, your 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 savings accounts are giving you like 0.1 percent, but you're getting one to two percent cash back. So if you're using, if you're buying on things that you actually do need, you're pretty much saving an extra two percent every time you swipe your card. 
Right. Okay. So definitely use it to your full advantage. And another good thing about the credit cards is that you're pretty much getting an interest-free loan as long as you pay on the due date. So I have my credit card linked to my savings account and I get to earn interest on that money all up in like for that extra month because they only, you only pay once a month on your credit card. So I earn interest on that money that I've been spending and I just make one payment and I get my cash back on that, on whatever I swipe to. So you can really build it up. I mean, there's times where I'll get like $50 in a month because I'm just paying for a lot of different things. Or even if like I'm going on a vacation, I tell everybody, oh, let me pay for it because then I put it on my credit card and I get that that cash back, you know? So so it's just kind of like really taking a look at what cards, do some shopping around. Just don't apply for whatever's going to approve for you, you know? So try to apply for a card that you can really get the good good benefits out of that have great cash back and point systems. Mm -hmm. Um, And a tip for people who are maybe having trouble building credit, no one's going to give them a shot. If you have somebody in your family or a friend that you trust, that you know is really good with money, have them put you as an authorized signer. It's called an authorized signer on their credit card. Now, if you don't know how they how good they are with their credit, this might hurt you. So make sure you, you know who you're asking this for. But mm-hmm. what that does is it gives you access to their credit. And if they're a little skeptical, they don't have to actually give you the credit card. So what's going to happen is once you're listed as an authorized signer, you get a credit card under their account and you get to take their credit history as your own. So if this person has had a credit card for 10 years and they've never missed a payment and they have a zero, um, they have no balance on their card, you get access to all of that, but they don't have to actually give you the card. So they don't, they can trust that you're not going to mess it up because they won't give you the card. But now you have access to that. So your credit is going to boost up guaranteed as long as this person has good credit. And then with that higher credit score, you can go ahead and apply for your own card. You so that's something. The light bulb go off in my head. <laughs> yes, I've actually done that for somebody. So I'm speaking for firsthand that it does work and their score boosted like 100 points. Oh, yes. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so you know, use that pitch for somebody. They don't have to give you the card. And then once you kind of get on your own two feet, if they want to take you off, they can. That might have a negative effect on your credit. But if you've already been building your credit up, then it shouldn't matter too much. Okay. Okay. Yes. So that's a good tip for those who are looking to get started, but no one's giving them a shot. Yeah, listen, y'all, y'all here, y'all better take your advice. <laughs> I, I can't guide y'all. I don't want to get educated with y'all. <laughs> Yes, please take action. It's not enough to just want it. You have to really work for it. And it's it's easy once you get started. And you have to get started. That's the point. You got to start. Right Somewhere. now. Right now. If you're listening, do not wait till Monday. At, right now. Because it makes no sense to wait. There you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, Crystal, it was lovely having you on here. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day. (laughs) Oh, of course. Anytime I could talk about money, I definitely will. So thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. This is my first podcast. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, you know, it is Women's Month. So I was like, everybody I have is going to be a Black woman. Amen. Amen to that. I'm here for it. Some of us don't have the platform for a voice or just not being heard or some people just don't yes, know exactly let me, let me share it with y'all a little bit you see you are blessing you are a blessing to your listeners girl i try <laughs> to be when i can but thank you so much and you have a yes. great night you too Kwana. good night good night all right bye
Bye.